0: You are slipping into a distorted dimension. Reality and fantasy are changing places past the event horizon. Bullies are victims, men are women, and abuse is love. You weren't here just yesterday. Reality is still out there, but to find your way back, you have to notice it. To break the spell, you have to tell the truth out loud. And now, the Disaffected Podcast with Joshua Slocum. Welcome to Disaffected. I am Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. Let me start you out today by telling you how my morning started. Well, actually, I'm going to have to back up a little bit. So, I think it was, oh geez, well, it was some day over the weekend, I'm eating a piece of toast, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's a tooth in my hand. where did that come from? Do I have an extra? (laughs) My crown fell off my implant. Now, I have put almost $18,000 into my mouth over the past 10 years to correct dental problems that I should have gotten on top of a long time ago. And $6,000 of that money is an implant That is how much it costs in my part of the country, my friends, to get a tooth pulled, to get it root canaled, to get a titanium post embedded in your bone with a bone graft in your jaw with a screw, and then to get it crowned with a piece of porcelain that's made to look like a tooth. This is not cheap. So, of course, um, I catastrophized, and I was absolutely certain that this would mean the following. One, the crown was broken and it was going to be another $1,200 to get a new tooth made. Number two, this must mean that the implant was failing and my jaw is falling apart and I'm going to look like a corpse in about two weeks. I was mentally moving money around what little there is between bank accounts. That's why you should subscribe. Daddy need a new tooth. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Patreon.com slash disaffected or subscribestar.com slash disaffected you want me to have a nice smile, don't you? So all of these terrible things were going to happen and I was moving money around and figuring out where am I going to find twelve to $1,500. So I have the dentist appointment this morning and I bring the tooth in. Well, nothing was wrong with it. The cement simply failed. It fell out because the cement failed. It fell out clean. Nothing broke. The post is fine. The crown is fine. They cleaned it out. They re-cemented it. They put it back. And now I have a tooth again. So of course, what the reasonable among you listening to this will be saying to yourselves right now, and you would say to me if you could, is, well, that'll be better next time, right? You won't catastrophize. (laughs) No, no. I'm going to do exactly the same thing in exactly the same order to exactly the same degree of extremity because that's how I roll. (laughs) Okay, next up today, (laughs) passive-aggressive grocery products. So my housemate, Mary, works at a hippy-dippy co-op grocery store. And that means, which is very convenient because a lot of times when she comes home, I don't have to go to the store because I, I can just text her and say, bring back cat food or milk or whatever it is. But when you work in a hippy-dippy co-op, uh, there are certain things that, well, there are certain things that just happen at hippy-dippy co-ops. And uh, one of them is don't ever go into their medicine section because they don't have shit in there that actually works. Okay. <laughs> like you cannot get, you can't get a heartburn medicine. You can't even get aspirin in there. You can probably get willow bark. You know, you're probably supposed to chew on that for a headache. But also, hippy-dippy co-ops have a product line that that appeals to their customer base. So you end up with a bunch of passive-aggressive environmental products. (laughs) And we ran out of coffee filters. So she brought some home. And I take the box out of the cupboard and look at it. And, of course, it's ostentatiously brown, right? And... It says, you know, printed with soy ink (laughs) and the whole box has got cartoon pictures of trees all over it. Right. You know, because stuff's made out of paper and their big selling point is that the filters are made of like some absurdly high percentage of post consumer content. Recycled paper. Okay, fine. Do you know what the name of these coffee filters is? If you care. <laughs> <laughs> can you just can you just hear that thing talking to you from the shelf you're looking through and you're looking at the Mr. Coffee filters and the the, the other filters and then there's this little box there that's like hmm, consider me if you care, I guess. <laughs> can't even get away from it in my own kitchen cupboards. <clears throat> so I want to talk today about a couple of different things. One of them is the Karen phenomenon. and What I mean by that, most of you will know, some of you won't, it has become uh, lingo in the past three or four years, I'd say. To label women that you see featured on social media b- behaving badly, uh, behaving in an entitled way or um, a narcissistic way or, you know, whatever, they get labeled Karen. So people says, this Karen came in and said, can I speak to the manager? Right. It, there's a lot of emotion Around this, and I wanted to dig some of it out a little bit, and I want to be, actually be fair about this. I use the term myself, but I'm thinking this through as I t- talk it through with you. And one of our listeners, one of our viewers to the show, um, left a comment under this week's episode because I, I talked about COVID Karens in Canada, those women who were upset about the truckers, and um, I, I think that I think that what she had to say deserves some contemplation. So she wrote. I've really appreciated your videos, but the continual use of the Karen slur is starting to gray, Is really starting to grate. It's disheartening to have the worst of human nature attached to your name in every conceivable context. Look at the comments for the last few videos. People don't need much encouragement to turn this into another opportunity to use the slur. If cluster B personalities are going to be all about the, quote, Karens, then you're going to lose a loyal subscriber just thought I'd give feedback, and hopefully I won't get a load of Karen-related abuse in return. And and I I responded to her, and I said, this is worth thinking about. You know, whether or not I immediately agree with it, you know, um, she told me her point of view straight, and I think it's worth considering. I guess the first thing I would say about this is... (sighs) It's got to feel different if that's your name. I have, I've tried, I don't think I've done a good job of this, but I have tried in my imagination to put myself in somebody else's shoes. What would it be like if the name Josh were a catch-all descriptor or, I don't know if I'd go so far as slur, how would that feel to me? And I'm trying to imagine it, but I don't think I'm doing a very good job because I think I think I would let it roll off my back, but I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure that if I felt like I heard that every single day and that I couldn't even say my name without somebody giggling, that might really irritate me too. So I think we need to give that point of view some contemplation. But I asked on Twitter for other people to tell me what they thought of it regardless of whether they thought i'd like their point of view whether they think it's funny whether they think it's horrible i just wanted to hear what people had to say particularly women right and there was a range of responses as you would expect i would say and i'm just estimating here i would say about i'd say it was about 50 50. mostly women responded i'd say probably about 90% of the responses i got were from women about 10% from men or you can put you know scare quotes around women or men because it's the internet and who the hell knows but half the women really didn't like it and half the women basically had no problem with it and thought that those who didn't like it were being too sensitive i think that's a fair way to describe this so those who don't like it said things like this They said, this is a sexist way of silencing women, um, that this behavior gets called out in women and we have a special woman's name for it when we don't do the same for men. And many of them also said that the use of the term Karen has become so ubiquitous that reasonable women who are not acting stroppy, who are not being entitled, who aren't trying to get somebody fired, that reasonable women are being called Karen to shut them up and silence them so that they don't have to, so that they're not taken seriously, that they're not allowed socially to ask for better customer service. Um, If their order wasn't right, they're not allowed to complain because they'll be shut down with Karen. So that was the point of view that I got from about half the respondents. The other half said, Well, we have to have a name for people like this, and we all know that the world is full of people like this. We see them on cell phone videos all the time in the West. Um, They get called that because we have to have a name for that type of person, and that type of person is in fact obnoxious. So I'm sitting here thinking this through, and I'm not sure who's right or which side of this is more right or less right. Um, that might become clear to me over time. Maybe I won't ever have an opinion on it. But here's, here's what I think. This is open to change, right? If I'm wrong about this, if I have a new set of experiences, if somebody can put something in front of me that says, I think you're getting only a very narrow perspective, I'm absolutely willing to reconsider this. But from where I sit right now, it seems to me that this may be connected To what I have discussed quite a bit recently, the rise in female typical narcissistic behavior by women in public that seems to get a social pass. It is either applauded by other women and called an expression of righteous feminist sentiment, you go girl, slay queen, girl boss, etc., etc., And the kinds of of bad behavior that is more typical of women seems to get a pass and it gets defended when the analogous male typical behavior would not be. And I don't think any bad behavior should get a pass. I'm not saying, well, you know, men can be absolutely brutal bastards and dicks um, and that's fine. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that men's bad behavior is more frequently called out in our public conversation, much more so than women's. In fact, I think the imbalance is so high right now that behavior that is not bad behavior is not misogynist behavior, is routinely called that. Because it's okay these days to assume that the male sex is the default villain. We are so saturated with popular feminist rhetoric, which ramped up so much with the whole Me Too social media movement. And people have been noticing this for a long time, that dads on sitcoms are routinely portrayed as befuddled fools who literally can't figure out how to work a dishwasher, or they claim they can't figure it out so that their wife has to do the dishes. We are hammered with this every single day. And when we see women behaving narcissistically in an entitled way in a bossy way in a you know you're the employee you're the servant I'm the I'm the person in charge I see less condemnation of that than I see condemnation of of the analogous male behavior and I wonder if some of the women I'm not saying that their feelings aren't genuine um and I'm sure that the women who are named Karen, uh, do have genuine feelings of irritation about this. I'm not saying that they're not experiencing these feelings, but I do wonder how reasonable they are because it seems to me that I'm seeing something very different from what these women are seeing. They claim to see a sexist, knee-jerk reaction to almost any woman who asserts herself, and I am I don't see that. I really honestly don't. Now, it is possible... It is possible for all of us that we are only seeing the slice of the world that curated and algorithm-driven social media feeds show us. So it may be that in my little social media bubble, I am only seeing the things that Twitter wants me to see, that I've indicated I want to see by likes or whatever it is, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be. But it also may be true For other people, it may be that that these women are only seeing these things because of the way their algorithms have been tweaked by what they like and what they forward and what they respond to. I don't know the answer to this. Um But I you know, I I do want to say I do think that right now in our contemporary era, that many women are excessively sensitive to women's bad behavior being called out, I think there's an imbalance in their perception. And I think that the kinds of things that women get called out for and the frequency, the frequency with which they... I think it appears to them to be much worse because they, and we, have collectively been trained, except in some contexts, we've collectively been trained to see women as an oppressed class and I don't think that that our view of of where women are in society today in 2022 I don't think it is caught up to 2022 I think that a lot of people are acting as if it's still 1962 and I don't think it is well it's time to take a quick break uh, and we'll pick up some other subjects on the other side a bonus for our supporters. You can help the Disaffected podcast grow and receive invitations for our off-air Zoom hangouts by becoming a supporting member on Patreon or Subscribestar. Patreon users, go to patreon.com disaffected. Subscribestar users, you can find us at subscribestar.com disaffected. Check out our webpage at disaffected.fm for the complete list of ways you can help support us, and thank you. Welcome back. You know, we take these breaks and we put the promos in, um, in the middle. We're kind of making space for commercials because that's the place that we're actually trying to get to. We would like to be able to sell advertising and make money with this show. But since we don't have any uh, advertisers or sponsors right now, I just decided to make one up. So today's show is sponsored by Beyond Beats. That's B-E- ETS Beyond Beats is a socially responsible company dedicated to helping the world achieve a meat-based diet. Once you try our pork-sourced broccoli, you won't believe how tasty carnivory can be. Beyond Beats makes a full line of meat-based vegetables that are absolutely indistinguishable from the real thing. In fact, in blind taste tests, Vegans preferred Beyond Beets 10 to 1 over the leading brand of natural vegetable. So, remember, Beyond Beets, that's B-E-E-T-S, will meet you at your grocer's freezer case. When Kevin edits this, we'll see if he lets that fake commercial stay in. (laughs) What else have I got for you here? A couple other things. I did a thread about this on Twitter today. You know, a lot of my Twittering is kind of a dry run for uh, the show. And let me give you a little terminology here because these audio-only episodes that we're putting out are are new for us. We're going to be doing them more frequently, more regularly. Uh, But we need to sort of distinguish from the show show. So what comes out on Sunday that you see on YouTube or Rumble or Odyssey, the free speech platforms, Kevin and I call that the TV show because it is a TV show. You know, and if you haven't seen it, you should you should watch it because it's good. <laughs> it's got graphics, you know, it's visual. Um, it takes a TV show format. We're going to call this audio-only stuff The Podcast. So regardless of whether it's for audio or for the TV show, I do a lot of dry runs of my thoughts on Twitter. Uh, try them out, try to refine them, and then uh, bring them into Disaffected. And I did one today. On COVID, and I ask people to think of the past two years of this manufactured pandemic as a great unmasking, irony intended. Our faces aren't being our faces, our physical faces, of course, are not being unmasked, they are being obscured. But for a lot of us, our true character is coming to light for the very first time. So many people that I've spoken to or corresponded with have had similar experiences to what I have shared on the show before. Friends, colleagues, people that that they've known for 20, 30, 40 years, even immediate family members have turned on them because they don't want the vaccine or they refuse to make their children wear masks or because they are against government-imposed vaccine mandates. Their families have... I, I know people who have not seen their family for two years. They will literally will not let them come over. Moms and dads who won't let their children or their grandchildren come over because they're unvaccinated. Some of them taking delight in it. I know one case where a mom and dad or the grandparents of the family had everybody over for the holidays except one of her daughters and their family because they refused to be vaccinated. And mom and dad seemed to take great delight in taking a great big family portrait at Christmas like they always do, making sure to send it to the daughter they won't let come over. So what's going on here? And what are you, if you are in this situation, and most of you are to some degree or another, for some of you it's minor, for some you know, you really have been excommunicated from your family. Some of you have lost your jobs because you refuse to be vaccinated. Wherever you are in this, what are you going to do with these relationships in the future? How are you going to see your family members, see your colleagues and friends? To what degree are you going to be willing to trust them? Because I think that, and I, let me bracket off here. I know that the majority of people who live in this country, no matter how upset we may be with each other right now, the majority of people in this country are not mentally unbalanced. They're not personality disordered. They're not thoroughgoing narcissists. They may be engaging in some of the same behavior, but thankfully, the, the truly morally and character disordered people are a minority. They are not a tiny minority. It's not 1%. I think it's closer to 10%, but it's still a minority, but it's a minority that is big enough to and loud enough to command all of our attention and frankly to drive our cultural agenda for the past 2 years. But the the vast majority of people are bewitched right now. They are caught up in fear. They are acting as flying monkeys. They don't mean to. They're not narcissists themselves, but they are servicing the goals of narcissists and people who are more powerful and people who have scared them with, with oh God, I can't even say the word anymore, misinformation, lies, exaggerations, claims of doom and gloom that that thousands or, or millions more people are dying or are going to die of COVID than is actually true. And when people are this frightened and they really believe this stuff, they will make what appear to be very bizarre decisions. So I know that the majority of people out there right now are not going to fall into the cluster B category, but bracket those people off. This is me having accounted for that, okay? They're done. They're not part of this discussion. The people I'm talking about from this point forward are people that either you or I would judge to be personality disordered, fundamentally abusive. Many people right now, I think, are seeing their family and friends for the very first time. I don't think they knew these people for who they were before a set of dire circumstances tested them as hard as we've been tested right now. That happened to me. You know, I, if if you haven't heard the story of what started this show, Disaffected, go back and listen to the first episode, Mommy Issues. Uh, it's audio only, and it is the very first episode. It's more than a year old, so it's going to sound a little different from the show that you, you're used to hearing. But it tells the story of how six years ago, five or six years ago now, when um, my abusive mother, who I had rewritten in my head, For many years after I left the home and and had kept myself in denial, when I brought her back into my life and had her move into a house that I owned, it hit me in the face. That was a testing time where I could no longer deny what was wrong with her. I could not deny her cruelty. I couldn't deny the fact that she was a pathological liar. It was right there. It was costing me money. It was costing me money in, in lost tenant rent from people she was driving away. It was costing me my sanity. I finally saw my mother for who she really was. And I think a lot of people are seeing some of their family and friends and colleagues for who they really were too. <clears throat> There's a line from one of my favorite movies, the 1945 Mildred Pierce with who else? Joan Crawford. Mildred Pierce is the story of a woman named Mildred Pierce who has two daughters. She's married to a man named Bert. They get divorced. Mildred has spoiled her daughter, Vita, her elder daughter. She's bought her everything she wanted. She's done everything she's asked for. She neglected her other child, Kay. And it's been a source of friction between her and her husband, and that's what leads to the divorce. So Mildred gets divorced. And then she starts waiting tables at a restaurant uh, to make money and support herself. She starts baking pies at home to sell to neighbors, and it turns into a restaurant, a very successful restaurant called Mildred's Fine Foods. And she becomes wealthy, and she continues to indulge her adolescent daughter, Vita. She, uh, she marries a man uh, who buys Vita expensive gifts, cigarette cases, a brand new car. And the chickens come home to roost, and Vita turns out to be a lying, promiscuous little bitch who takes advantage of men, who takes advantage of her mother and her family um, and gets up to all sorts of horrible behavior. And there's a climax scene where <clears throat> Mildred and Vita are fighting and Mildred says to her, I think I'm really seeing you for the first time in my life and you're cheap and horrible. I can't get that line out of my head. What are you going to do with the knowledge that you have now about family members who fit into this category. Because if they are, in fact, by your judgment, narcissistic, manipulative, abusive, personality disordered, perhaps, COVID didn't make them that. They've been that way for a long time. And you now know that. COVID didn't change them. COVID revealed them. It is possible to get along with people for a long time if there are certain contexts and guardrails there and if you are never put into a situation of extremists where people have to really make hard choices, yes or no choices, uh, come or go. Will I allow you in or will I keep you out? That can really show character. And it reminds me, a way to think about this is to think about, The phenomenon of of what some people call trans widows. These are married heterosexual women whose middle aged husbands suddenly decide they want to transition and become a woman. It's devastating. I have watched, well, I have read the stories of these women for years. um, And there, there are some really good threads on the British parenting forum called Mumsnet. And if you go into the feminism and women, women's rights subcategory there, there is a lot of discussion about that. There are frequent threads by women who describe themselves as trans widows. And if you've never heard their stories, please take a moment and read them. They're devastating. Here's what I think is going on with trans widows, because the reaction when women are coming out of this shock is almost always the same. <clears throat> it's like when anybody is coming out of an abusive relationship. The reality of it dawns on you gradually over time. Not all at once. Almost to a person, these women say, trans changed him. He became controlling. Excuse me. He became narcissistic. He became deceptive. He became secretive. He's changed into somebody I don't recognize. I don't think that's true. Because a middle-aged man who, quote, suddenly wants to become a woman. Suddenly is stealing his daughter's underwear. Suddenly wants to parade around the house in lingerie. Suddenly wants his wife to pretend to be a man in the bedroom during their sexual encounters. People don't change that drastically suddenly. This man has a personality disorder has a cluster B personality disorder. Maybe it's borderline. Maybe it's narcissistic. Maybe it's a combination of those two things. Maybe it is otherwise unspecified. But this, this narcissistic, self-centered, vulgar grandstanding that comes at the expense of your children's mental health, of your wife's mental health, of the economic stability of your family unit, that is not normal. It's not. And what I think is really going on, and I think many of these women come to this, is he didn't change. It's just that his controlling or manipulative or abusive behaviors that were there all along during the marriage, because personality disorders calcify in late adolescence and early adulthood, they do not just come on at age 30 or age 40 or age 50. I think his manipulative behavior probably didn't ping this woman's sensors because, for various reasons, perhaps she was raised in a dysfunctional household, his bad behavior fell within her perceptual range of what she thought normal male behavior was. She may have been a doormat, he may have been somebody who was constantly monitoring her, but she didn't perceive this to be abusive because in her mind, this is how husbands act. But when he puts the frock on, it became too extreme to ignore anymore. So I offer that to you as a way to think about what you may be seeing in your friends, your colleagues, and your family. And with that, that's a half an hour of the show. I'm going to wrap it up and I'll see you again soon. Thanks for joining me.